positive psychology is more about hey what's right with you and what's good with you again dealing with more the present what's happening right now with you and building from where the traditional psychologist is left from 0 to plus Welcome to another episode of Shift with Shubra and I am your host Shubra Vanetti. And here today we're going to have a conversation all about psychology and more particularly positive psychology. Now everyone has heard about psychology, but what exactly is positive psychology? This is like basically a new term that's hit the psychology streets recently. And positive psychology focuses on positive emotions and personal strengths. Sounds simple, but it's a lot more than that. Having a happy and strong mind is more important than ever and is probably harder than ever at the moment. So, how can something like positive psychology where you focus on positive emotions and personal strengths helps you to move beyond just surviving to flourishing? Well, today we're going to be finding out all about that. Our guest today is Shivi Graham and she is a certified positive psychology coach. She also holds a master's in applied positive psychology and is the founder and director of Positive Prana. Positive Prana is an organization here in Singapore that aims to educate, support and mentor people to make a gradual lifestyle change, increase their energy and well-being while achieving their goals. So please help me welcome Shivi to today's episode to find out all about positive psychology and how it can help better your life. Today we're speaking to Shivi Graham. She is a certified positive psychology coach. She also holds a master's in applied positive psychology and is the founder and director of Positive Prana. And Shivi is here today to talk to us all about positive psychology, what it means, what is what is her work about and what's the importance of it. So thank you very much Shivi for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you, Shubhra. And I would just really like to kick things off by finding out what exactly is positive psychology and how is this different to clinical psychology or or what maybe many of our viewers and listeners understand as a psychologist for example or a counselor what is positive psychology all about and your work okay so just to kind of explain this um, very briefly it's like traditional psychology usually would ask you hey what's wrong with you how can i fix you so they focus more on your weaknesses and from kind of getting you if you look at a scale from minus to 0 to get you there right and positive psychology is more about hey what's right with you right and what's good with you again dealing with more the present what's happening right now with you and building from where the traditional psychologist is left from 0 to plus so that's the easiest way i can explain it positive psychology is a really new field science of human flourishing like we say Mm. it's all about like feeling good and increasing your positive emotions which will increase your energy in short Right? right but obviously there's a lot more to it it's mm. about all the positive aspects of human experience that make life worth living that's the nutshell of version of it so then in terms of like what type of clients would come to a positive psychology coach compared to maybe a clinical a psychologist for example i think clinical when we're talking and uh, as such you need special training for that as well which would require more psychotherapy based 
techniques like CBT or uh, hypnotherapy. So it's more like somebody who comes to like a positive psychologist coach would be more like, hey, you know what? I, I need to, I can't figure out what to do with my life going ahead. And so things aren't really bad. That's saying, you know, it doesn't mean that, hey, they may be feeling pretty low and not clinically depressed, but yeah, hey, you know what? I'm going through anxiety and bits of like, hey, I've been really low. I can't seem to move on. So a little bit more like I would say, yeah. So I wouldn't touch people who have clinical depression or have been diagnosed with it and are on medication. But however, you can work with their therapist as if they want to sort of try something new and move on, you know, just different tools. Mm. So what type of, which type of clients usually are the ones that you work with then? Again, I work with a lot of youngsters actually, who basically just want some, they really don't know how to head on, you know, with their lives, perhaps, or it could be relationship issues or couple therapy for that matter, but more sort of younger clients, which is really surprising. I thought like, you know, me being about 50 now, I'd be more sort of older people, but it's, it's the younger generation I feel seems to be a little bit more confused. And, and I mean, I don't blame them. Look at what the world is going through. Yeah. So they're really going through a lot of uncertainty at this time. And what type of issues are people coming to you with when it comes to younger generation? So you, you mentioned, you know, a little bit of couples therapy. There is a little bit of when people want to say, like, where do I go from now? I think what happens is it actually starts with they just feeling anxious and depressed or you know it's they themselves don't know what's going on and why they're feeling so it's my job really to figure out what's going on with them so by kind of nudging them along asking them the questions and pushing them in the right direction and just throwing a little bit more light on the path and saying hey you know what let's figure out what's going on with you so a lot of the times they don't know what the problem is right and uh, we've got to kind of figure out hey what's going on can you probably share why you got into positive psychology like how did you get into it that's a really big question for me because it actually starts from i'll have to go right from the beginning where i've always been into wellness but it was always you know wellness in my days when we were growing up was all about physical health and you got to stay fit eat right and so that's what i did i went and got a certification in personal training i started my own gym because i thought okay wellness means staying fit so you know i i even did yoga at the time and it was all about the body and looking after the body. And as I moved on, you know, in my thirties, I started realizing, Hey, there's more to it. Just, you know, my body feels fair, but somewhere when I wasn't feeling really good and I started looking more into the emotional, mental, spiritual aspects. Right. So you start getting a little bit more into that. That's when I got into, I met a lot of spiritual leaders and uh, who taught me mindfulness, meditation and nudging me in sort of that direction. And so, I started exploring that and when I turned 40, really the turn happened when I had a massive change in my relationship and I went through a divorce and that sort of really woke me up asking some real questions and tough questions to myself and I realized that, hey, you know what, you know, you, that's when you start asking the bigger questions of yourself, you know, like, hey, what's the purpose of my life? What's the meaning of this life? And that sort of started pushing me into digging more and that's when I came to the science of wellness and happiness and I started looking into it which was really fascinating to me because it sort of brought everything I had done so far together and started giving me more answers more evidence-based answers so I knew meditation was helping me I didn't know why it was helping me 
Mm. And I started looking deeper into the science of what was going on. And it just fascinated me. And that's when I started digging more and going into studying it and doing my master's. And it was just great experience, uh, you know, coming out of it. And it's kind of bringing my Eastern world and Western world together. The Eastern world of all the spiritual practices I learned and the Western world of sciences, of fitness, holistic health and psychology. So it kind of brought it all together. You could have chosen like a master's in just, just psychology, right? It could have been a master's in social work or counseling, for example. Why specifically did you choose positive psychology? Like how did it marry some of the other things that you were already into? I think I kind of wanted the kind of person I am. I'm a very sort of, you know, I, I have a very positive outlook to life. I felt like just dwelling into the past, into your problems as to why something happened is fine i get it but it's it's necessary sometimes but i think it's really important to look ahead mm. and come to the present accept what's going on and look ahead and i think that's where positive psychology started uh, really giving me that direction and that's where coaching happened you know i realized that hey it's really important to look ahead and seek for answers so more solution focused versus problem focused mm. you know sort of appeal to me and I think that's the way the world is turning a little bit more. That's the new way of looking at things. It's more about thriving now versus just surviving, mm. you know? So. And what are the tools that you use for your approach in your positive psychology coaching? All right. So in the positive psychology, we use something called positive psychological interventions. Now, these are based on all the research that's going on, on different things like gratitude. Why does gratitude make us feel good? Or why does mindfulness make us feel good? So there's already existing positive interventions that I use, which have been tried and tested. But I also, because I'm a very creative person and I love finding out more, I'm very curious. I have started now developing my own uh, positive interventions. Oh. which uh, based on the science we already have. So it's something that I came up with was like, say, positive divorce. Mm. So because it was so close to my heart and I came out of it really, you know, feeling great. <laughs> so I wanted to help a lot of people who kind of are going through divorce, thinking it's the end of the world. And so that's one aspect. The other thing is I, my company is called Positive Prana. So the positive comes from positive psychology, but the prana also comes from the subtle life energy that we is prana. And I feel energy is really important. Energy, everything is about energy. And it's about, you know, every thought we have, every idea we have in this world is based on energy. It's subtle energy. We can't see it, but doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And so basically when you feel good, your energy is pretty high and your prana is high. So I kind of am working both ways. So I work with increasing your positive emotions to raise that energy but we can also work for, you know, the other way around where you raise your energy and you start feeling good. So it kind of complements each other. So it's about just keeping the emotions positive and the energy high. So it's a balance and we've got to figure out how to do that. Do you incorporate energy-based or prana-based? Definitely. And I think part of that is more, again, which is, I think actually psychology is catching up. Science is catching up with something we've known in the East for many, many years about mindfulness, meditation, breathing, like pranayams. It was fascinating. I was doing this for about 20 years before I got into understanding the science behind it. Mm. So I think a lot to learn. And that's why I keep both options open. And I say, hey, you know what? Keep your mind open. Sometimes we think, you know, energy is very airy-fairy. It's, you know, what's going on. And, you know, it sounds a little... 
but there is some truth in there just because we don't understand it and they're maybe not all explained as yet mm. doesn't mean it doesn't have any value so i'm looking into that i'm kind of trying to see hey you know what's going on there let's let's see science is catching up i would say and then again there's a lot to learn from science as well which validates what we've already known what is the science like you were saying about some of the science that's backing up with gratitude do you think you can share some insight into that like for our viewers if they don't know the importance of gratitude and how that actually affects on a scientific level yeah well actually there's a lot of research done where they obviously say for example for mindfulness right so they've done all this mindful based stress uh, research there's thousands of papers actually on gratitude and mindfulness where they actually seen what's going on in your brain Mm. So, for example, they see that, hey, you know, when you're in deep meditation, there's new neural pathways, positive pathways that are formed in your brain. And the front of your brain, which is the neocortex, prefrontal mm. neocortex, is actually grows. You know, your brain actually grows. And it's, this is called the new brain. And that's where you're benefiting. You're becoming more present and you're, you have more clarity. So you can actually see these areas light up. You know, it's brilliant. It's, it's fascinating because we have the obviously tools to do that now. So the plenty of papers, I can, you know, post some for you. You know, you can post it in your link later. Gratitude as well. I think we've always known about social connections and how important that is to us, you know, and uh, it's all about bringing the you and the thank you when I say, you know, and how it makes people feel. So they've actually done studies on that as well. And I've actually found that, Gratitude becomes even, I mean, we know about the general, hey, you know what, gratitude journal, I write things that I'm grateful for. But when I put the you in the thank you, now I'm talking at another level where I'm connecting with you. Mm. And connections, it's all about other people matter. And uh, that's a big part of positive psychology. And they've done experiments and they found out that, yeah, when we actually express gratitude, it, mm. it's positive relationships people feel good and obviously they figure out how people feel good by you know doing the surveys with them and it actually leads so much more fulfillment in the relationship building up more better energy vibes between the people also that they're connected to as well it sounds so simple but it's so profound and it can really change your life you know your relationships Mm. have you seen in the clients that you've worked with are there any success stories for example or, or case studies that you can share on how these processes have helped. Oh, it's amazing. The most, the one I love is there was a boy who was sent to me by a therapist who was actually sentenced to go to prison for a year. And obviously he had a lot of anxiety Mm. and I needed to teach him some sort of stress relieving tools. That's what he came for. But so I did teach him all the breath work and the mindfulness and meditation practices. But we went a little bit further and I told him, look, while you're there, Try and figure out, like, instead of looking at it as it as a trauma and, you know, my life is over and feeling like a victim, think about what you can learn from this. You know, why is this happening to you? And he came out of it, Shubhra, mm. feeling so, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you. It's so emotional for me because not only did he come out stronger and so resilient, mm. he came out of it with such purpose. Like he wanted to help the other kids his age. Yeah. who were obviously, you know, doing things which were destroying, were very destructive to their lives. And he decided that, oh, I'm going to now, you know, this is, it was, he was very clear. He decided what he wanted to do with his life. But on the side, he also wanted to help these people. It was so amazing. It was so simple. You know, it was just by 
asking questions of himself mm. you know i took out from positive psychologists the basic elements you know fundamental elements of positive psychology yeah. uh, you know about meaning and purpose and he took it uh, he actually what we refer to in positive psychology as post traumatic growth mm. you know you can always look at instead of just looking at it as a trauma you actually come out of it feeling so much better and you say oh wow actually i've learned so much from this and i've grown as a person that was really very successful outcome like amazing that really is amazing yeah. i mean victimization in that sense of victim you know feeling like the victim or making yourself like the victim is i think it's almost like a plague in society somewhere and i think a lot of people keep saying oh but you know you need to think positive think positive i'm sure positive psychology people like people must view sometimes positive psychology as oh you're just thinking positive but really like what is the deeper meaning of why why thinking positive why why is meaning and purpose significant why do you think it's significant to a person's well-being Yeah it's not about like a superficial way of hey you know what have a positive outlook in life you know you'll feel better it's actually really going deeper you're right there it's about really looking at the science behind certain elements now obviously when we talk about positive psychology first i have to mention martin seligman mm. who basically gave us a model of which was referred to as perma which is an acronym for positive emotions engagement relationship meaning and accomplishment right and all these five elements are important to live a good life so to speak now they could be independent of each other or they kind of you can they kind of are intertwined a little bit mm. right now what you're asking for is about the meaning i mean it's all connected when i feel there's there's some meaning to my life or there's some purpose in my life it increases my positive emotions yeah. so like i said they're all kind of connected but when we meaning is something that is so personal mm. you know what what's meaningful to you may be different from what's meaningful to me so maybe finding the love of your life is you know is what brings meaning to your life and maybe my work is my meaning or contributing to society somebody else's meaning mm. so you can never have too much of meaning in your life or you can't always say you know my life is too has too much meaning or too purposeful we're always always seeking for that meaning and purpose in life which gives us some sort of it's like a guide you know and it's so important it gives us that direction in life mm. so that's a important element of this perma model that seligman's given us so yeah. would clients if there were look if there were clients out there or people out there who are struggling to basically find their meaning and purpose in life would they be ideal clients for you in that sense i think everybody's looking for meaning and purpose in life <laughs> at some point you know i think we all are always seeking and changing we're all changing all the time and changing directions and sometimes life changes its direction for us circumstances you know and we're constantly looking for new you know what's new now what else can i do and what you might have thought was meaningful in your life may not be meaningful anymore so yeah. what you thought think in 20s and 30s and 40s it all it just keeps changing so you're constantly exploring and finding out new things about yourself mm. so it's a great journey it's really a journey so Yeah. Positive psychology is just one one route, you know, kind of helping you through. And if there was maybe more like simple exercise that you could probably share with people that they could do like right here now, what would what would something be to to sort of jump start that band? Right now obviously it's a lot of uncertain times, you know, covid times, lockdown, anxiety prevails. One thing that's really important like we say for your well-being 
things that you need to do in your day, no matter what, where you are, you know, is make sure that you're doing something that gives you pleasure, you know, whatever that might be, you know, playing with your pet, watching TV. Second is doing something that makes you feel accomplished. You know, it could be small things like, you know, learning a new language, anything that you kind of are challenging yourself to. And social connection, you have to connect with people. So we can't just sort of, if either three, you know, something's missing, you've really got to balance it. Yeah. You could do much of just working and not really, you know, connect with people or find pleasure, take time to play, so to speak. Mm. Balance it. And if you're just sitting around watching TV all day, you're not going to feel good at the end of the day. It, it's a more downer. Yeah. So this is what's going on in your day. So that's one thing that we can immediately start. For that, I would say you need to set up a routine. Sometimes, you know, we kind of feel a bit lost. So you've got to give it, you know, give each day. You can't just throw it away. You've got to plan it. Yeah. And one more thing that you could immediately do while you're planning is plan your worry time separately. If you're constantly worried all day long, you're going to be worried like 24-7. If I say, you know what, from 7 to 7.30 is my worry time. I'm going to give it. Worry is very insistent. It's like this child, you know about children now. Yeah. You know, they can be very insistent and they want your time now and your attention now. Yeah. You just say, you know what? Yeah. Mm. Just hang on there. I'll give you some time. Mm. Between this time and this time, I'll attend to you. And it's really important to attend to your worry as well. You can't just ignore it. What things could you do to attend to your worry? Oh, like I said, like you give it time. So you know that, okay, the half an hour is my worry time. The next 23 and a half hours, I'm worry free. Mm. Right? Yeah. You've got to acknowledge it. You know, you've got to label your worry as to, hey, what's going on? What am I worried about? Label it as in like, you can't hide behind it. You've got to really face it. It's, it's a little like, you know, we don't really want to face our problems and our stresses. You know, we just, so, and it's like, okay, like you've had a child, right? So I'm really stressed because, you know, I can't sleep enough. Say, for example, you know, now I have this child. But then you have to go back and say, yeah, but I really wanted to have this child. You have to remind yourself, you know, I really wanted this child and it brings so much joy in your life. So you kind of forget that, you know, that worry is, is again, it's, it can be dealt, it's, it's a stress and it, it just has to be dealt with. And don't forget the bigger picture, you know, and the joy that you got out of it as well. You know, so it's just taking that step back a little bit and instead of whining and complaining about it all the time, just again, find solutions. We keep pushing people like instead of becoming a problem, work at the solution. What can I do? What can I do? You know, and what can you do? It's very simple. The easiest thing is just breathe your uncertainty away. Just breathe it out. And like we say, take five, just take five minutes out and Mm -hmm. do some breathing. You can either breathe or you can challenge that worry as well. You know what I mean? You challenge. So it depends, you know, what the challenging is more like a cognitive based therapy okay. and you can challenge it and say, you know what? Okay. I don't agree with you. I, you know, da da da. And you can have that conversation. Honestly, easiest is just breathe it out mm. and long exhalations. That's how we are naturally. We sigh when we're tired or we're worried. And that's that long exhalation. So now science has proven that, hey, you know, when we just breathe in and out, we can just let it out. And sometimes that's all it takes. You know? mm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's great. So pleasure, accomplishment, social connect every day. And then designate a worry time where you sit and just talk to your worries. 
and then you can manage your worries after that. But you must sit and just talk to worries. Saying, no, I'm only giving you 20 minutes today. And that's from 7 to 7.20 because I got no other time for that. And I'm just going to let you stew at that point. And then, and then I get on with other things in my life. I think that's so important. Correct. And just make sure your energy is high. Because usually when we're feeling very stressed and low, our energy level has dropped. Mm-hmm. And just checking. I mean, you can just start by checking your body. And seeing, hey, have, you know, eat, move, sleep. Have I moved enough? Have I eaten right? Have I slept enough? So mm-hmm. simple. So first, you know, start with the body and then you can go on to the thoughts. Yeah. You know, negative thoughts. And, you know, then we can deal with that. But at the gross level, you just check with your body first. And half the time people are just haven't slept properly or haven't eaten right. Absolutely. You know, it's so simple. You know about sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and how important it is. So to me, it's like the minute they correct their sleep, they're sorted. Yeah. So eat, move, sleep, EMS, and then PAS, which is pleasure, accomplishments, and social connect. And then W's on the side, worry time on the sides. This is that people can take away from today's talk. And if I could just end off today's conversation, I wanted to just ask, like, what is the shift that you want to create with Positive Prada and the work that you do for the world and for your clients? I just think it's really important for people to live real, authentic, fulfilled lives. Until you're not authentic to who you really are, you can't really feel fulfilled and contented. It's so it's really important to really start digging deeper and whatever it is, you just need to challenge yourself a little bit, you know, and find out instead of being complacent and saying, you know what, this is it. And I'm quite happy. I'm in this comfort zone um, and I'm okay with it. But somewhere you start feeling that discontent, you know, and you don't understand what's happening. So for me, it's so important to help people ever since I found out, I thought I was living pretty authentically. And I realized actually, no, you know, I haven't even, and there's so many layers to you. So I think just finding out who you are, just don't give up on yourself and just keep finding out who you are. And if you can't get help, you know what I mean? Get help. It's really, there are speak to friends, speak to a coach, speak to a counselor, whoever, you know, whoever's around to help you find, because sometimes it's really tough for us to see. It's all muddled up inside. And of course, meditation will help. Mm-hmm. If you have no one else to help you with, sit and meditate. Meditation, you will find answers. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's my goal, just to make sure that people live fully and authentically contented, happy lives. Mm. Okay, wonderful. I think at some point we're going to have a roundtable discussion on what authentic means to some people. But other than, <laughs> I think as you, you've already given quite a good definition, which is basically living true to who you are. And if you don't know what that is, then please, please go and seek the right tools, the right avenues of help to go and find out who you are, because that's so important to living a well and happy and, and an amazing life, essentially, I think. Well, thank you very much, Shivi, for joining us today on Shift with Shivra. Whoever out there that wants to get in touch with Shivi will be providing her details in the show notes of this episode. So thank you very much again. Thank you, Shubra, for having me.